Welcome to Tabletop Players, my name is Ruin Ortega, and in this episode, I'm sitting back and talking about lore and related media for the Power Rangers role-playing game by Renegade Game Studios. Joined with me, as always, is my co-host, Cade. Hi, I'm Cade. This is the Espresso. I don't usually say much here. And of course, we're also joined with our other co-host, Jaden. Insert witty comment. And Jody. Hello, you wonderful people. All right. Well, uh, yeah, guys, we are here to talk about lore and related media. But before we get to that, how are you guys doing? Doing all right. Uh, we're recording this, pulling back the curtain a little bit. We're recording this separate from the in-person stuff that we did. Um, and since then, we've, yeah, we've done a lot of streaming, which is awesome. Uh, and I've done a couple extra mm-hmm. live game days, so I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> cold yeah we um have had a pretty full schedule lately and so this is actually being recorded at over a month after we record the last batch um and so that's kind of crazy to think about i think it's over a month has it been over a month like you're probably right but time flies i guess yeah 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 Yeah, i'm sure you're right it doesn't feel that way to me either things have just been blowing by lately but Mm -hmm. it's it's the winter too i've settled into the the cold (laughs) inevitability of snow for the rest of the winter you know, it was funny because Halloween, it was beautiful weather, uh, not a single snowflake on the ground, and then the next day, like, six inches of snow. Just yeah, dude, ridiculous. It hasn't stopped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's get into this. Uh, Jody, what do you got for us today? Okay. So, uh, not really associated with the lore of Power Rangers at all, but when I was thinking about something to use for like a gameplay thing in power rangers i was thinking about like super like super team stuff like that and then i started thinking about the umbrella academy uh the graphic novel series right not comic books yeah that then got turned into the netflix show specifically season three of the netflix show i don't know how it lines up with the graphic novels because i've never read them but the time travel element and the like alternate universe element with the like dark version of the team or like that you know if you've seen the show academy yeah i thought that would be such a cool thing to do in this power ranger setting of like some kind of dimensional rift or something and when you come out of it there's this other team of rangers that aren't necessarily maybe like villains but are kind of like opposed to you or they don't understand that you're also rangers so you kind of have conflict and having to like work through that in in the session, I think would be really cool. It would also open up cool like opportunities to like compare like the Red Rangers from different series of Power Rangers or whatever. Like just as an example, like to have them like contrast with each other and interact with each other to like pr- like see who the the greatest warrior out of all of the Rangers are because they have to like fight each other and stuff like that. You could do cool arcs where you like have to do something to prove that you're actually on their side, so you eventually work together. I just think it would be a really neat thing to do. You could play around with Zordon and Alpha Five, that's his name, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and have them have like different personalities or different stories based on the different like timeline that they're in. I just found that to be a cool inspiration for some kind of a campaign setting or a story hook. Well, you know, uh, you're incredibly close to what actually happens in the comic book series. Uh-huh. Uh, there is a whole, like, multiverse um, saga that happens, including the fact that uh, Another World's <coughs> Tommy, um, 
he is influenced by Rita to actually go evil. And he begins, like, first of all, he takes over the entire planet with Rita. Uh, and he kills a bunch of the other rangers, including the Red Ranger. Super dark. Um, but then, like, rangers from the the regular Earth Angel Grove get pulled into that world and are responsible for taking him down. And his name is Lord Draken, and he has armor that is a mixture of the White Ranger and the Green Ranger armor. It's super awesome, including the helmet has, like, horns on it. Nice. But, you know, um, outside of that, um, I think just the idea that, like, a, a scenario where you had to have your characters either align themselves with or fight against versions of themselves like like dark link style seems so cool because then you get into the idea of like can the dm run these characters better than the players can run their own characters yes yeah. <laughs> i don't think so i would argue i don't think so because that would require knowing in-depth details about every single type of class that you're running i think in my home game i could but i'm also playing with people who are less experienced in D than i am that's fair. Yeah. Um, this is a little aside about my thing for a second, but I feel like your storyline when you're talking about Tommy being evil is like, I don't know who ripped off who, but that is exactly the thing I'm talking about with the Joseph Kahn um, Power Ranger short. So I don't know if that's just good old, oh God, I can't remember. Who's the guy that runs Power Rangers again? Or owns Sabon. it and all that time. Yeah, I don't know Sabon. if some... Yeah, I don't Sabon. know if he just ripped off someone plagiarizing his stuff, and I hope that that's the case. <laughs> some never-ending loop of plagiarism. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not sure. I I, I think because those things happen really close <clears throat> together, like that original video that you're going to talk about, and then yeah, um, Lord Draken. I want to say is around 2016 for each one of them. Yeah, yeah, the Joseph con one is 2015 and i wouldn't be surprised if you had the other ones right in that range too i don't know what the tapes would be for that but just funny but back to jody's i think that anything from umbrella academy would probably be a good start for some interesting different shifts on power rangers like just even the you know first seasons of their group dynamic and how it's always so messy and these people don't really work together very good could also be a good idea for a team because power rangers are always like yeah we're the team we're gonna have each other's backs and we're gonna like always support each other and it's like that's really cool but what are the odds that you're going to get five teenagers together and they're not going to at least one or two hate each other in a point of which they're going to like struggle to work together unless they really have to yeah that's a good point too because like in umbrella academy they all came from like all over the place you know they were it's not like they were all like born of the same family they like came from all around the world where in like the power rangers it's well Tell me if I'm wrong, but it's generally assumed that they all kind of like grew up together or knew each other or something like that most of the time. I think in the in the original series, yes. Since then, yeah. it's branched out. Um, like it talks about one of the the, the comics for sure. And the comics have been super influential on like the lore going forward. But like there are rangers that come from across the world and just for some reason have either found themselves in Angel Grove or like Zordon sought them out and brought them there. Yeah, and then, like, in, mm-hmm. in this setting, you could kind of have them come from all across the timeline. Like, imagine, like, the, the French Revolution Ranger and, like, <laughs> the, the old Roman Republic Ranger. Like, that'd be kind of cool. cool. Just mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed it, like, full on. Yeah, yeah. basically. <laughs> <laughs> I really like... Well, first of all, I really like the Umbrella Academy. I haven't read the graphic novels or comics, but um, watching the series, I, it's one that, for me, like, they've done, what, 
three seasons now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah. every season has been a banger. In fact, the music alone just makes me <laughs> love that show because the it's used incredibly well. But more to the point of, you know, I do like that those characters are so distinct from each other, and yet yeah. at the end of the day, they have to align themselves with being the Umbrella Academy. I would wonder if having characters who may not like each other, I would be worried that that might introduce some like actual competition in your gameplay like unhealthy competition of like hey they did this and they said it was in character but like it was kind of shitty still so (laughs) i'm pissed off as a real person they don't necessarily have to not like each other but even just like having really different circumstances i think would create some interesting role play opportunities yeah absolutely Yeah, I mean, I think Jody just wrapped up. I don't think there's anything else to say. I think it's a brilliant idea. We could all probably dig into it more, but I think it would get out there, watch those things, and use it in your Power Rangers games. Yeah, definitely watch the show. It's worth it. Go buy a graphic novel if you want to read it on the bus. <laughs> all right, well, uh, my uh, my kind of related media that I'm bringing uh, is, is one that even I'm kind of like, I don't know if this is super related, but I liked it anyways. Uh, I was really trying to think about, you know, Power Rangers really enforces this idea of squad-based gameplay. And while every tabletop game out there has, you know, the party, I think the one thing that Power Rangers does do better than other systems is it really tries to integrate the fact that, like, every character has a support role to the other characters. Like, there's at least one move or ability that can really influence the others, and it makes each role feel like they're really linked together and also quite unique. Um, and so then I was thinking about, you know, video games cause I really wanted something to play. And I thought, you know, what game out there feels like those, uh, roles are unique and that they're there for each other as support, but also offensive. And I thought about Halo Reach. So, uh, for those who are unfamiliar, it was released in 2010, uh, first person shooter. It was the last Halo game, uh, developed by Bungie, the original, uh, creators of Halo. Um, and then, uh, it's actually a direct prequel to, uh, the, first Halo game. Uh, At the time, it was the best-selling review of any Halo game in the franchise, and it was received with critical acclaim. Um, The things that kind of they made to make people feel unique outside of the campaign itself, um, in the multiplayer, they even had it so that uh, everybody had perks that they could pick up that kind of made them different from other people, with the exception that, you know, multiple people could have a jetpack if they really wanted to, but it really reinforced that idea of like, hey, your Spartan is who you want it to be, Um, and it was kind of the first one to do that, and every other game has built upon it after that. Um, But um, really, the story centers around the fall of Planet Reach and the tragic demise of the Noble Team, Um, and every member of the Noble Team is completely unique compared to those. I mean, obviously they're all Spartans, but you have your sniper, you have your demolitionist, you have your uh, stealth assassin, you have your you know, your leader, the captain, as you were the Red Ranger kind of style. Um, and, and it really makes it seem like even on the shooter, which in other games, you know, sure, you might have been a Spartan, you might have been an elite, but you were really just the, the gun star hero, right? Um, it made it seem like everybody on that <coughs> team had a unique role to fill and that while they were there to help out their entire team, they still had that kind of thing that only they could do to kind of turn the tide of the battle if they needed to. And I think that that's what the potential I see in Power Rangers. 
Um, outside of that, replaying the game, it was fine. It wasn't as, as uh, amazing as I remembered, but it was a solid Halo game that I spent about eight hours playing, and it was good. Uh, so what do you guys think? Any uh, any history with Halo Reach? I mean, the I... last great Halo game. <laughs> Yeah, I loved it when it first came out. I'm definitely not going to replay it now for fear that I might wreck my freaking nostalgia of it because I won't. really loved it. I promise. It's, prob- it's probably really good. Don't get me wrong. I really dug it. And the last scene where you like fight to the end and that's the end of the story. I love endings like that where it's like it's not really happy in a sense, but it's like it's at least glorious and badass at the end of it. Um, oh, God, I guess I should mark that I said that and bleep it. No, we get one swear word, don't we? Or did we change that rule? I, th- I don't remember. I think as long as it's not f- Uh, (laughs) (laughs) well i guess i'll remove that one (laughs) you know Jaden, it's funny that you you mentioned like the the final scene which i mean i'm gonna if you haven't played halo reach like i'm gonna go on like a minute here of spoilers so i don't know skip ahead or something but like Mm. so the final scene is you are the last surviving member of noble team every other one has been killed off and you have to fight until you're dead, and there's actually no winning. You can go around and pick up as much ammo as you want, but eventually you're overrun, you die. Um, it was really impactful the first time I played it, and I remember <coughs> being like, oh my god, that's amazing. And then replaying it, I was like, yeah, I know what's going to happen, so I'm just going to put the mm. controller down and watch it go. Yeah, I remember and- watching our buddy Alan uh, keep fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and being confused <laughs> as to why it's not ending. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, I think also like using reach for like a lot of reasons could be cool. I think one thing you could do with the Power Rangers thing is you could start on another planet or something, yeah. which I think they do in the expanded universe, right? There's a whole other wave of Rangers from all across the universe in a sense. You're the planet that's about to get taken out by Rita or whoever your big bad is. So this is your prequel that you start and you only you run it for, you know, almost a one shot ish length, maybe a bit longer. Right? You do four to ten sessions max and you're the final saviors of this planet, but you end up losing. And then we transition to the next team. And now you start off as the Power Rangers on Earth or wherever else you're going because you had that like epic moment of like we're fighting this evil but since you lost your first character to that evil you'll probably even have more stakes in the next time when you're playing the next group of rangers or whatever like that yeah that is good yeah uh the halo franchise is like a major point of contention between my wife and i uh because i've never played them because i have zero interest in Oof. I don't know. It just doesn't interest me. Uh, my wife is a diehard Halo fan. Mm. Uh, she has played all of them for like hundreds of hours. And I know that Reach is her second favorite after three. So three do with that what good. you will. Yeah, I, I would say Reach is it'd probably be best second, second favorite for me. I think yeah. I like it better than... I might like it better than three, but I really like the first one. But I don't know if that's nostalgia. Halo 1, 2, 3, and Reach are like Dark Souls 1, 2, 3, and Bloodborne. They're all 10 out of 10. And you pick your favorite based on personal (laughs) preference alone. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. My Um, wife also has a deep hatred. My wife has a deep hatred for 343 Industries. Uh, as they ruined her baby. She still plays all her of them. Your wife has such good taste. I, except for me, it. right? Like, <laughs> I was um, including you in that. Oh, no, okay. thanks. <laughs> Sell yourself short there. Right? Um, you know, and uh, side note, uh, Bungie is now owned by PlayStation. So, you know, end of another era there. Mm-hmm. They just keep getting bought out. Owned or, or, or 
like signed a contract. I believe they're owned. I think they're owned by them. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Which like I like PlayStation. I believe in PlayStation, but like there is something to be said about when when somebody sells out to a big corporation. Well, but here's the thing though: Bungie has three times in their past sold out to a big entity for lots of funding only to get really successful and buy themselves back again. So I don't see this being a long-term thing. But I had something to say about Reach in relation to Power Rangers. Um, (laughs) It also gave me the idea here of, like, you know how, like, we were playing the Power Rangers, and I'm sure it's in their lore of they're kind of like a, like, secretive organization almost. Like, you're not supposed to have your identity known, you're not supposed to, like... Like, make a big show out of it, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In this, like, using Reach as an example, it'd be kind of cool to turn them into a bigger organization, kind of like the UNSC in Halo. Like, imagine mm-hmm. if the the Rangers were, like, the, the spacefaring, colonizing, planet-exploring arm of humanity now. It's like 2,000 years in the future. They have, like, fleets of rangers. They have, you know, there's, like, thousands, hundreds of thousands of them, and they're, like, this huge organization. That'd be kind of a cool, different twist on it. Yeah, I wonder what the reason for not doing that would be. Like, why doesn't Zordon have, like, a whole... It has to do... It's got to do something to do with, like, the morphing grid and, like, stability or something like that. Some nonsense. That could even yeah. be worked in. We just created a cool plot point. The the morphing grid got so big that it started creating like anomalies in the universe. So like, oh man, that's actually cool. There you go, Saban. That one's for so free. We're starting a Power Rangers <laughs> campaign, but we're disregarding like half the manual. We're gonna play yep. three point five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody went on the uh, Facebook group for the Power Rangers uh, RPG the other day and was like, "So I'm using 5e for this," and I was just like, "You came to the wrong territory, man. These guys yeah. are going to eat you alive. It's going to be rough. Yeah. They know, are like, drinking the Kool Aid." I know oh, that, like, I, I think it was you, Ruin, that was saying that it was like based on 3.5 or something like that. I really didn't see it. I thought it was, and I was mistaken. Okay. Yeah, it, it was not. It was based on their own Essence 20 yeah, system. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, we've already said enough about that. Well, yeah. you know what, guys? Um, <laughs> is there any final points we want to say about Halo Reach and the potential for uh, inspiring Power Rangers? I don't know. I think we hit a lot there. I got nothing. Both of these first two, I have not seen. (laughs) Perfect. Well, with that, you know, uh, I'm running low on coffee, so I could use a refill. Hey, Table Hub players. It's Ruin here. We're just taking a quick coffee refill. And as we do that, we wanted to talk to you about some of the exciting possibilities that we have here in the Natural 20 Cafe. Join with me to do that is my co-host, Cade. Hey, I'm still Cade. Uh, from the beginning and now. Uh, we have some really awesome things that we would love for you to be aware of. First of all, we have our Patreon. If you like the show and would like to support us more while getting some extra goodies along the way, please consider checking us out on Patreon at Cantrips and Coffee. Uh, for a couple of bucks, you can support us while also getting some amazing bonuses like our exclusive Discord, some extra special side podcasts that aren't released anywhere else, as well as uncut episodes of this show you're listening to right now. Now, we're even funnier if you don't filter us. You can also join us on all forms of social media. We are most active on Instagram and TikTok. And uh, yeah, we like to think we're funny and post funny things there. And so uh, join in on the conversation. And who knows, maybe look forward to a contest or something that we throw at you once in a while. But uh, with that, I think those beans are being done brewing. And we're going to get back into the episode. 
Marathane, a world of magic, machines, and mysteries. We join our crew of orcs, nerds, showmen, and robots to find what they're all looking for. Answers! Are robots alive? Where's my sister? Does mac and cheese have healing properties? Fighting beasts and pirates? We follow their journey, but look out! Death is on the horizon, as this world shows no mercy. Join us to see who lives and who dies on death by a thousand crits, where what's dead stays dead. A Sibling Revelry Entertainment production. All right, we are back in Highly Caffeinated. All right, well, Cade, what do you have for us today? All right, so the year is 1995, or sorry, 1992, (laughs) before I'm born. And a cinematic Gross. masterpiece is released. Three ninjas. Uh, <laughs> it is about three young guys, uh, 12-year-old Samuel, 11-year-old Jeff, and 8-year-old Marcus, who learn the art of ninjutsu from their grandfather, who it's a plot point that he doesn't like pizza. Uh, it comes back in the end. Don't worry about it. Uh, their dad is an FBI agent who's like organizing some kind of like sting operation for a guy who's selling it's implied to be nuclear warheads. Uh, and they train to be ninjas and are given new names by their grandfather who t- decides they're ninjas now. And their new names are Rocky, Colt, and Tum Tum. Why he <laughs> picks those, it's not really explained. Um, <laughs> they go back. There's a long basketball scene where they beat some kids to win their babysitter's bike. Uh, and then they fight against this, like, criminal guy and help their dad arrest him. And then they go and get pizza with their grandfather who doesn't like pizza. Uh, I picked this because when I was a kid, this was, like, Power Rangers, but for kids my age is what it felt like. Uh, yeah, I was real wrong. It's real bad. Uh, it's got a 33% <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, but... It made four more sequels after this. Also, curious fact, it cost $2.5 million to make, uh, but somehow made back $29 million, meaning that if you look at the cost to gross ratio, it was the most financially successful movie of 1992, uh, <laughs> which is Dang. insane, because there were some bangers released in 1992, yeah. <laughs> like, just, like, uh, percentage-wise, as in they made that much more than their budget? Yeah, yeah, if you look at wow. that, it's the most commercially successful movie of 1992, but, like, let me do a quick look up at, like, what but movies came out in 1992. <laughs> like, uh, I think you, it's one of those movies where you got to put yourself in the headspace of a kid to, like... Oh, oh for at sure. the time, it was big. Yeah, I remember, I, like, remember I guess it. I wasn't around for when they first released, but I watched... I, I feel like I've seen at least two or three of them. I don't yeah. remember them all. I know there's yeah, one I, with Hulk Hogan. I have some fever yep. dreams about them, but... I know I've seen them each at least once or twice just on TV when I was a kid. Yeah, I remember renting, like, one, two, and three with my brother at, like, the VHQ oh, video yeah. rental store. Yeah. Okay, so, so I've never seen these. What? Dude, so I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm looking at images and I see Hulk Hogan. There's four of these movies. Yeah. The yeah. grandfather is played by Victor Wong, who is best known for Big Trouble in Little China yep. and Tremors. Yeah. 
<laughs> you have to see it. Fever dream in this franchise. Uh, the bad guy is beaten by choking him with gummy or with jelly beans uh, that belong to Tum Tum. Uh, okay, so real quick, going back to the to its gross domestic like victory it beat disney's aladdin home alone 2 <laughs> basic instinct lethal weapon 3 batman returns a few good men the sister act wayne's world uh clint eastwood's unforgiven charlie chaplin <laughs> with robert, or, uh, robert downey jr it just destroyed these guys <laughs> when you look at how much it movies. made <laughs> right and and this is the most successful yeah but only if you look at how much it made compared to what it cost. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my cousin Vinny. It probably cost uh, like a million bucks to make. White men can't jump. <laughs> That's a great year for movies. I was one, so I don't remember any of them. But I've seen a lot of them since. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good proof that if you make a movie on a right budget, you can do really well. Like I think everyone's got, especially now, we do these big blockbuster movies. Yeah. And... And they cost so much that it's hard to recoup your money. But then when you see these ones that come by, like, it's a little unrelated. Like, it's completely unrelated in the grand scheme of things. But, like, the most recent Jackass, like, made, like, that kind yeah. of dividends, too. Because yeah. they only cost a couple million to build, to make. And then they just mass produce and make so much money off yeah. of them. It beat Alien 3 and Encino Man. Uh, oh, I mean, Alien <laughs> 3 Man. only okay in the Alien. <laughs> yeah, I do love one. Encino Man. <laughs> Brendan Fraser back in the day. Yeah, with Polly Shore and Sean Astin's in that too, isn't he? I think so. Young I don't Frodo. Have a lot of good reference yeah. for Sean Astin myself, but yeah, I'm pretty sure funny. he is. I mean, yeah. he was also Rudy. He was also Rudy. Classic. And whatever his character's uh, <laughs> name was in Stand By Me. I can't remember what the kid's name was. He was in Stranger <laughs> Things. He was he Bob. Was Bob. Justice for Bob. Yeah. Poor Bob. <laughs> So I guess what we're saying is, is there much to take from three ninjas for the Power Rangers so. games? No, no, there's not. Uh, I thought there was uh, when I sat down to watch it. And no, there's really not. But it's three kids it with like a, a six year old. But you know? also like the fact that they're ninjas is almost like a B plot. Like they, they spend more time <laughs> becoming ninjas and playing basketball that they do actually using their martial arts for anything useful. Yeah. That was back in the time, though, where they like to put Ninja into the title of low-budget yeah. martial oh, arts. Oh, 100%. Because they just knew it would sell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also looked up all of the character, like the, the actors, and other than Victor Wong, who had already done stuff, none of the three ninjas people did anything. Uh, Apparently they're not even in the sequels. No, they're not in the sequels. Victor Wong's really? one of them, the one who's in every sequel. Yeah, oh. One of them played a kid in Apollo 13. He's like one of the main guy's kids. Uh, <laughs> so he was in the movie for like maybe four seconds. Uh, and like nowadays, they don't do anything related to movies. Every April they get together for like a screening and a Q&A of the movie in like the neighborhood <laughs> where it was filmed. I can't imagine that has a big box office attendance rate. Like I mean, every I feel like year once you've every hit gold, year you just stop, right? Like they reach the pinnacle of their careers with three ninjas clearly and why would you do any more? Exactly. I bet you they sell tickets for like 70 right bucks each. Oh probably. This is what we need. I'm going to pitch it. We need the three ninjas reboot. But all three of them come back. One of them's turned evil. 
one of them just wants out of the game altogether. And one of them is so determined to create a new team to bring down the other brother and bring him back to the fold. And they're all played by the originals in the style of Cobra Kai. I was about to say, you're just talking about Cobra Kai. Yep. <laughs> 100%. Only they, they loved each other. But now they're enemies. And one of them is abusing their powers for world domination. But also, like, get out of the game. What game? City. <laughs> like, what game, game are they getting out of? Like, <laughs> uh, like I don't know. The Ninja game. The Bay Area, don't they have, like, clam and stuff? Maybe, but, like, they got uh, out of the Ninja game by the second movie. They weren't in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's, I'm just pitching the idea. I'm not working through the script. That's somebody else's job, all right? So are you thinking... Money. Are you thinking, like, full-on Cobra Kai, or are you wanting something that's, like, gritty? Like, is one of them a heroin addict now or something? Like, <laughs> uh, I think we gotta keep it, we gotta keep it low-key, because it is about the family, right? Like, it's... it's all now we're making it so a Fast sequel, and the Furious. so it's Fast and Furious 13. Yeah, so Fast right. and the Furious meets Cobra Kai. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, less heroin, though, because I do have to take my child, and the last thing I need them doing is, why are they using a needle like that? Why are you taking your child? I wouldn't even up. take your kid to the original three ninjas it's just not good like <laughs> don't put them through that yeah i mean it was obviously good at one time you guys spoke very highly of it yeah uh, i was I a kid i was I stupid what did i know <laughs> well that's why like we this... can't judge it objectively you know what i mean because like mm-hmm. we're not kids anymore it's true this is just the last starfighter fi- all over again. oh yeah. that movie awesome. was not good i'm also gonna <laughs> say, i've been thinking about this lately it's kind of unrelated to the topic but like once upon a time but like back when we were kids like scarcity was a thing in media you know like we had to we had to physically like we had to watch what we could physically acquire or what was on tv broadcast at that specific time so like to the movie gallery uphill we didn't have the option exactly we didn't have the option of just being like "Ah, that's a four out of ten i'm not gonna watch it i'm gonna go look for a 10 out of 10 because it's like you know the four out of 10 might be the best that you have at the time so you appreciated it more And you can't read reviews in the same way back then either. So, like, you're not having the whole zeitgeist telling you it's bad. And you're like, oh, well, I see why it's bad. I maybe wouldn't have noticed those parts if I was just half watching it like I would be normally. But now that I know that they're there, I'm going to notice these flaws in the movie way more aggressively, too. That did lead me to see some of, like, my favorite movies as a kid, though. Like, did you guys ever see Thumb Wars? It was Star no. Wars, but no. just made with thumbs and <laughs> no, with like googly eyes and like badly CGI mouths on them, and they like okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it was at the time. I'm sure else? it's awful. It had a very like almost robot chicken feel, but it was actual human thumbs. Oh my god! No, I've never seen this, but that looks hilarious. It it was something. You don't. Back to your point on, on scarcity. Again, this is off topic, but we obviously have nothing really to add to this in Power Rangers. <laughs> no, it's not. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, is I heard somebody say the other day, and this isn't necessarily my point, but I'm just kind of reiterating something a TikTok video said. And it talked about um, people complaining that there's no good music these days, quote unquote. Um, right. Which, and the argument back to it was, you know, 20 years ago, it was so hard to get produced um, that it was, it was like only the really good music was being put out because they could only invest in certain artists and certain qualities. Mm-hmm. And so the, the argument was that like back when you actually had to go out of your way to do something big and become <coughs> a big pop star and things like that, it took a lot of effort or money or connections to get there. Whereas now mm-hmm. anybody can go on to Bandcamp, SoundCloud, Spotify, whatever, and put something out. And so there's less like vetting 
of like bad or just mediocre music. I think there's still a lot of good stuff being put out, but I thought it was an interesting take. I'll flip that around and say that the good music has always and will always exist. Back then, it was hard to find your new favorite band because it wasn't distributed mm-hmm. very efficiently. It, your favorite band might live 2,000 miles away and never tour to your country or be played on your radio. You might never hear them. Nowadays, it's hard to find your favorite band because it's so saturated that there's a million good artists out there, but there's 13 million other artists that you might not like, and sifting through it is hard. Yeah, I would say there's like way more good music, especially with how predominant the indie scene yeah. can be and people that are just like, screw it, I'm just going to put my own music on Spotify or any of these other things. Like you said SoundCloud and stuff. So yeah, you can find really good music, but absolutely, like Jody said, it's just sifting through an absolute metric ton of all the other stuff that isn't either going to be good for you or isn't good at all. Yeah. And, and to their point, they were really talking about, like, the stance was these artists that were huge megastars, like, and they'd listed, like, you know, Michael Jackson, Celine Dion, like, all these mm-hmm. people who were, like, just, like, <clears throat> famous to the point of, like, problematic, you know, like, it was in your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, think, I wonder yeah. if that also kind of controls the idea of, um, like, there's no good music now. It's like, well, did was music better in the past, or were we kind of, like, not... I don't want to say gaslit. That's the wrong term. But like, were we almost forced to enjoy these people in a sense? Because everyone, like there was only 10 artists that were really big to enjoy. And so it's like, yeah, you're going to have to enjoy them. And then by the fact that everyone enjoys them, like we all kind of, you know, when enough people like something, it it kind of brings you into liking it a little bit more potentially, unless you're going to be like really contrarian or something like that. So I wonder if that had a bit of a part to kind of like a tribal impact in a certain sense that we don't have now. Our tribes are becoming more and more divided with the more music we have. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. Like kind of a cult of personality in a sense. There's like the punk rock culture and it was supported by whatever bands were in the mainstream at the time. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to like be a punk rock fan, you can go listen to like, a million different artists on Spotify, so everybody's like fractured. Yeah. You're right. And to yeah. bring this back to tabletop, we're seeing <laughs> this trend in tabletop too. There's a million yeah. games out there, and it's so yeah. easy to get your stuff on drive through <clears throat> RPG. Like even just looking not necessarily at a, a tabletop system, but a tabletop scenario. Like you actually have to be very careful with where you put your dollars on drive through RPG because you could be getting an absolute banger of a scenario to play with Call of Cthulhu or D and D. Or you might just be getting something that was like somebody's random ramblings out of their head. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've bought both. I've bought scenarios that I was like, wow, that was one of the coolest things that I bought in a long time. And then I bought ones that I was like, wow, I can't actually use this because like, it's almost mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. So three ninjas, right. don't watch it. <laughs> Do watch it if you have really young kids. Mm-hmm. Let them watch I, uh, it. You go do something else. Yeah, that's <laughs> like cards with your neighbors. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Kate, why don't you end us out here? Or sorry, Jaden. That was Kate's. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I'm done. Like, <laughs> so so mine... I'm going to talk about Three Ninjas Part 2. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Hulk Hogan? Hell yeah. <laughs> that's when the series got perfect. The last one when they brought in Hulk Hogan. Um, no, I mine is guaranteed to have a tie to Power Rangers because it is Power Rangers. I'm talking about the... I think it was only 15 minutes long, but it's. I think it's pretty good for especially a short film. Um Joseph Kahn and a, a bunch of other people. I can't remember who was all part of the team. I know that I mean, James Vanderbeek is in it, and I just recently found out that he also helped co-write it. 
So that was oh. kind of random. Who knew? Cool. Um, but yeah, the, uh, it's a Dawson's Creek guy, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, so it's like a very dark take on Power Rangers. I don't want to like spoil it for anyone because it is 15 minutes, but it's if it kind of like I said, without it's not a huge spoiler. It's right at the very beginning that um, I don't know if he actually is representing Tommy or if he's representing who is he representing, but whatever. The Red Ranger in this scenario has gone to the other side. I don't think Reed is the bad guy. I think they have their own kind of nondescript bad guys in this one as well. And it's, so it's all about like what happens when the breakdown of Power Rangers and like some of them decide to switch sides and some of them, like one of them turns out he's just like an adrenaline junkie. And so he ends up joining like, a, I think it's like the military or maybe it's even the huh. evil organization as well, just so that he can go out and hunt more yeah. people and fight more because he's sick of not being able to fight anymore and mm. stuff like that. So it's all these really, you know, interesting takes um one of like two of the rangers get married in a quick scene and then one of them instantly gets blown away by the bad guys <laughs> and all that stuff and so it's about this war between power rangers in a sense and how it's going sideways and how the good guys are now more or less on the back foot and they're kind of a rebel fighting back and i think just anything along those lines taking power rangers into that slightly darker side i think we've talked a little bit how the comic books start to dive into that a bit more i think that would be one of the most compelling things to take for the system for me. Like I'd like the idea of power Rangers, but I do, I've said, I think a few times throughout our recordings that I feel like the general idea of it is a little too, for lack of a better word, I guess soft for me. Like it always, like I I don't want it to always work out for the heroes. I would like to see some sort of struggle. I want them to, you know, maybe they're, they show their, uh, what should I call it out to the world? Their secret identities out into the world and there's consequences for that or all these other things. Like I would like to see what happens when you twist Power Rangers and take it to that next step versus just playing the Power Rangers that I grew up with. And so like, I think this is like a good start for that, right? <laughs> it's just adds a lot of like these interesting connotations, right? A lot of the Power Rangers die. That's a huge twist right off the bat. Like nobody ever dies in a Power Rangers thing that I understand. Maybe a few in the comics. Maybe there's a ton of death in the comics. I don't know. But like, I like those ideas of like adding those stakes, right? Like you're fighting these apparently world ending creatures, yet you never even come out with a scratch. It just seems weird to me. And so I think this darker take on it is a very useful like it's it's so little that i don't think there's a lot for you to be like i'm gonna pull these parts out of it other than just this idea of like subvert the power ranger genre and i think you could do some really cool stuff as soon as you throw away like we've said like the three rules of being power rangers just throw that way right off the bat and see where that goes and you know add death and real risk to the situation and i think you could have a really cool game i remember seeing um I can't remember if I saw the full version of this because I feel like they released like a shortcut of it um, first. And I, th- I feel like that's what I watched. But um, mm. I remember thinking about how cool this was. And I agree with you. Like the three ranger rules need to go from the game. Even the, the mechanic that like they never actually die. At worst, they you know pass out and wake up later in a safe location. Like what? You know, mm. I, I want some real stakes in my Power Rangers games too. Especially because like as superheroes they potentially have some of the coolest abilities out there like all of them mm-hmm. have super strength super speed but they also have these giant zords like mechs that they can run around and fly through space um with you know like and so mm-hmm. i think it's interesting that like i'm looking at the the wikipedia page for this and um there's 
you're right about uh, it was supposed to be Jason, um, but also mm, Rocky. They have the two first two Red Rangers um, in it, um, mm-hmm. and that's a critical plot point that I won't I won't get into. Um, mm. But like, you know, you look at the Power Rangers actors' real lives, and like, there's been a a, a fair degree of like um, tragedy in in their lives so you know first of all you have like david yost who played billy when his end or when his run of the show ended um he came out as gay and um the producers of the show like actually bullied him over it and so to the point where he contemplated suicide um i'm gonna mispronounce her name but thoi chang trang who played uh the original yellow ranger died in a car accident shortly after her run on the show ended. Um, there's one Red Ranger, not one of the originals, who uh, killed one of his roommates later with in life. With a katana. Yeah, with a katana. <laughs> like, like, there's actually a lot of, like, dark stuff. And I always found it interesting how that really contrasted with how happy and, like, inspiring the Power Rangers is supposed to have been. And that's what's mm-hmm. always made me think, like, you know, what if it was a little bit darker? And so to see this happen, like, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is crazy. I didn't know all that stuff. I think I've heard about one or two of those things. I think I knew about the car accident. But yeah, it is crazy all of like that. Yeah, it's, it's proof that like the show is very much like child gloves in a sense. And it would be cool to see a lot more of like a more realistic, like this is the real world we live in. It almost ignores the fact that the world is a hard place in those in the show, other than for the fact that there's an evil, you know, witch trying to destroy the planet. Um, so yeah, I think it would be interesting to add a lot of more of those down to earth and realistic stories. It probably would also help people connect to the Power Rangers things more. I think that was a little part of my issue with the system too, is I'm like, I just don't really connect with these things. It seems like it wants me to be like really cheery and happy. And not that I'm not a happy guy at certain moments in my life, but I'm just like, I just can't just like support a system where it's like, it's all positive all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you know, we might be, we might get some criticism over it of being like, well, yeah, but that's what the Power Rangers is. So like, you mm-hmm. can't just try to rewrite, you know, what the essence of a franchise is. But I, I think they've even tried to do that themselves. Like, I look at the comics and it is darker and it is grittier, but it's not like it's not this level of dark and gritty. And I feel mm-hmm. like they always like they they pull their punches just enough so that they can be like, well, we didn't really, you know, it's not. Like, we're not doing the franchise justice. And I just go, like, mm-hmm. if you even yourself are struggling to plot out your own stories in a way that's meaningful and it has depth because you're stuck to that idea that it has to be campy, like, I don't know if you're doing yourselves any favors, Power Rangers. Yeah, and I don't think, like, you'd need to go, like, so dark that you totally ignore any campy side of things. Like, you can still have, like, you know, dark with the good and stuff like that. I don't... This one is pretty much no good. It is, like, <laughs> yeah. the whole, like, the darkest timeline kind of an idea. But, like, I just think adding any more grit like this is, like, taking it to 11. But I think if you even took it to, like, a 3 or 4, that would make your games much more compelling, at least to yeah. me. And if you want to play the real campy and light version, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. Play your game how you want to play it. Just for someone like me, I think... And I think probably most of us would have enjoyed a slightly darker twist on these kind of things. I think you could also do it with like just one like gritty dark moment that affects mm-hmm. the rest of it. Like I think there's like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic or something where Leonardo accidentally kills somebody and then spends like the rest of it kind of trying to figure out if he's still a good guy. Mm-hmm. And like that could be interesting. Like 
the Rangers kind of accidentally, like, unfortunately, like, killed someone. A civilian got in the way, or they were trying to, like, take somebody prisoner, but instead killed them, and it, like, affected them. Maybe they got, like, disconnected from the grid because of it, and they have to, like, prove their worth again. Yeah. Or even, like, one major... Yeah. Or, like, maybe one major, like, loss. So, like, they end up losing Angel Grove or whatever. Rita just, like, demolishes it. And it's like, oh, we got to go to a new base and we got to start fresh. And now you're sitting there and be like, we were supposed to be heroes. This was, like, our town to save. Not to mention the whole world. But, like, this was where we were meant to, like, survive. This was probably the last place we wanted to see go. And we weren't good enough to stop it from being destroyed. Like, that would be just that nice little twist to be like, oh, crap, we really got to work on ourselves. We got to become a better team. We can't ever let this happen again. A couple people would probably get really depressed and, you know, work their way through the fact that, you know, maybe even their families got lost in that process or something. That would be a pretty... That's still pretty dark. You lose a whole fucking town of people. Yeah, (laughs) I think it's an interesting example because it's actually a comic book that was super dark and gritty that they, like when it went to movies they toned it back to be more kid friendly um Mm -hmm. like the the original run is notorious for like being gory and dark um (laughs) to the point where like when they wanted to bring out the i can't remember if it was the movies or the tv show that happened first but whenever they went to do the first one um people were like how are you going to make that into a kid friendly sell a bunch of merchandise kind of concept mm-hmm. um and and they did and that has had the the lasting m- impact going forward is that we now see it as like a family friendly franchise mm-hmm. all right well this has been our lore and related media uh episode for power rangers by renegade studios if you have anything that you would like to comment on or say what you would do differently or another related media or lore uh make sure you hit us up on our socials um or join our discord which the link is in the show notes and uh come talk about it there but as for now uh, i'm out of coffee and that means it's time to go (laughs) 